How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What's going on, everybody? Justin Morgenstein back with you for another edition of Phillies Today. Once again, we have silence from Dave Dombrowski and the Phillies this week, but it is officially February which means there will be baseball this month. We are 12 days away from spring training baseball in Clearwater. Pitchers and catchers just in a couple weeks. I'm excited. Really want to get this season going at this point, considering you know I've had no real reason to get excited since the Noel signing, uh, which was at this point like two months ago. And I watched the video yearbook from last year a couple times, and I also saw the leaks of those interesting, we'll call them, uniforms uh, that they're possibly going to be wearing this year as the city connects. Like, my goodness, those are so bad. They could have done anything with these uniforms. Like, I was just talking about it uh, on the radio at WIP, and they decide to go with the freaking flag of Philadelphia, which, you know, you could put, you could have put three to five flags in front of me and given me a multiple choice question of which was the flag of Philadelphia. And I've lived here my whole life, so... I, I, out of anyone, I think I would be someone that, you know, is qualified to answer this question. I would have no idea what the colors of the flags are. I would have no idea the design, what it looks like. And uh, it's just, I can't believe this is what they, it looks like they're going with for the idea of these uniforms. So, uh, you know, the only reason I haven't talked about it on the pod this offseason so far is I was just hoping that it wasn't true that these were the concepts of this, these uniforms. And, I will say, you know what? If they want to wear those and this year they win game six and seven of the NLCS, I won't complain. So, Phils, if you if you want to wear them in the playoffs, if you win these games, sure, go ahead. You know, might have been too soon. But anyway, I digress. Also wanted to talk some more free agent stuff and, you know, keep beating these free agents to death a little more. Uh, still feels like there are so many big free agent names out there. This is almost, it feels like getting into... M- 2021 offseason territory where there was the lockout and everyone didn't sign until late pretty much and we're getting to that territory I know the Baltimore Orioles made a move yesterday which I will also get into uh, with them trading for Corbin Burns and uh, so I'll touch on that towards the end of the pod but in terms of free agency it is just really dead right now man like 
the big contracts that have been given out this offseason, it's really only Nola, Otani, and Yamamoto. And then in terms of guaranteed money, like Jung-Hoo Lee, I think the guy that signed with the Giants is the fourth in total value in terms of the contracts that have been given out this offseason. Snell and Montgomery, obviously the two big-name starters still out there. Uh, believe it or not, and I kind of forgot about them, Kershaw hasn't re-signed with the Dodgers yet, even though uh, I fully expect that to happen. But uh, they did go out and get James pa- Paxton this past week, so does that maybe mean that he won't be back? I don't know. Uh, I'd make him a fill, though, if somehow he didn't go back to the Dodgers, I will say that. Notorious postseason choker, sure, but still an all-time great pitcher, uh, especially of this generation. I'd probably say that of my generation, and I'm, I'm 23 years old, of the pitchers I grew up watching, it would probably be Kershaw, Scherzer, and Verlander as the best three guys in terms of longevity to go with it uh, that are starters and kind of dominated this era of baseball. And, you know, guys like Halliday are up there too, but I was very young for a lot of his Blue Jays career and didn't really get to appreciate him as I would now uh, before he was on the fills. So same with Pedro, same with Clemens, Randy Johnson too. You know, they were a little before I could – really understand how great they were and how talented they were. So, uh, But anyway, back to these free agents. The other non-pitching names, the big ones that are out there, I would say, as of right now, are Bellinger, Whit Merrifield, J.D. Martinez, uh, Matt Chapman still out there for uh, after a pretty decent year last year. And you, know, you got Jorge Soler out there, who I've liked as well. Uh, I would really get excited if the Phillies signed him or Merrifield uh as well. I think that his positional versatility could be pretty interesting for them, but I still think that in my heart of hearts, Dave Dombrowski is not done with this team yet uh, just because the market is in such flux right now for whatever reason. And uh, I think it's probably because you have guys like Bellinger, uh, like some of these other guys running 200 million and, you know, having guys like Hader who granted already signed, but uh, getting less than what he was expecting as well. And um, you know, these guys, uh, are going to wait it out until the end. That's why I think Dave Dombrowski has a real opportunity to kind of pounce uh, on one of these guys, kind of like he did Nick Castellanos in 2021 at a potential undervalue there. So uh, I mentioned on the pod last week, but there's just been no lead-up to any of these signings either. Like the Reese Hoskins signing, there was no lead-up whatsoever. I had seen basically nothing about him potentially winding up with the Brewers, and then it just happens late one night, and it's like, hmm, didn't know that was coming. So ultimately, at the end of the day, I think Dave Dombrowski adds one more arm to the staff, even if it's not a big move, just to create some depth in the rotation. They kind of alluded to that when Rob Thompson spoke to the media a few weeks ago, said that the depth of the starting staff is still something they would like to address. And there are guys out there, no names that I love. Uh, Obviously, Snell, I'd love him or Montgomery. I just don't really hear them being connected with the two of them too often. I know there's some Montgomery connections, but... Yeah, that could easily change. I will say, though, the list of names, once you get down past the top two guys in Kershaw, it's just kind of brutal. Uh, there may be a couple guys I could talk myself into and get excited about starter-wise. Hinjin Ryu is a guy out there. Maybe he, he hasn't stayed healthy, though, since leaving the Dodgers and relies on way too much contact for me. It's topping out like 88, so probably a no there, and uh, Matthew Boyd, another name, former future <laughs> former future Philly. I feel like he's always kind of been connected to the Phils uh, since his uh, days with the Tigers were pretty young. And uh, I know he can miss some bats, but he was <laughs> pretty terrible last year and still can't stay healthy. And, hey, our, our buddy Michael Lorenzen is still out there. Uh, it's just absolutely hilarious that he threw a no-hitter, by the way. Just almost as hilarious as 
D- Domingo Herman uh, breaking the 10-year, 10-plus-year perfect game streak uh, with just being a flat-out terrible pitcher at the same time. I can't believe the Oakland A's let that happen last year. It sickens me that Domingo Herman threw a perfect game. But, you know, anyway, Lorenzen, man, he was absolutely awful after that no-hitter. Nine appearances, ERA over eight, and just got absolutely smoked around the ballpark. And it's crazy because he was actually, like, unbelievable in his first couple of games after he gets traded here. He has that really good eight-inning outing where he gets the win down in Miami when the wild card race was still, you know, pretty hot there between the Phils and the Marlins. Uh, and he goes out there in his debut and, like I said, goes eight innings, uh, gets the win, and then in his second start, freaking no hits the Nationals on almost 130 pitches or whatever it was, and then pulls the old Johan Santana on us where – he just absolutely forgets how to pitch after he throws the no-no. And he gave up the next start. He faced Washington again. It was one of the rare times where you no-hit a team. And then in your next start, you face the same team. And I remember the Phils in Washington had a really big lead in that game. And he gives up the lead in that start. And I just remember, and he ends up in the pen for the rest of the year and couldn't make an impact in the postseason, which is all you really wanted and all the Phillies really needed. Uh, it would have been really ideal if he could have gone in and gave them an inning or two in game four of that NLCS when you, know, you had to dip into your bullpen and go to Craig Kimbrell again. But, you know, whatever. Sorry. I, I'll never get over that game. <laughs> it is what it is. But those are my happy Michael Lorenzen thoughts there. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at on the pitching market. It's not great. But in terms of position players that could make sense, I know I've seen some people talking about Bellinger. And uh, I saw Joe Giglio of... WIP also bring up an interesting idea just about signing him to a potential high AAV contract, to, you know, really short one to two year deal. And I understand that. And it is a fit, certainly given his positional versatility and, you know, the bat to go along with it. But I just think that with him being able to play an outfield spot and him, you know, being able to play the outfield at a pretty high level, that is. I think it would be a fit, but at the same time, I just don't think that's what Bellinger is looking for right now. I think he's probably looking for a team out there that's willing to give him four to five years uh, of what he wants, which is, I would think, somewhere in the $25 million AAV area. And the Phils just aren't going to give that up right now, especially considering they believe in Rojas to eventually be the everyday center fielder, maybe just not to start. And you probably want to sign a guy to a shorter-term deal, assuming that he can be your center fielder of the future. And uh, I still think that Jorge Soler would be a really good fit here. I love the right-handed power, which is something the Phillies missed with no Reese Hoskins last year and kind of lack, aside from Castellanos, really. Uh, Soler, yeah, JT, and they they have right-handed bats, but at the same time, you can't really rely on them for power. Same thing with Bohm. Soler had 277, 14 homers, an OPS of uh, over 1,000 last year against left-handed pitching. Uh, is he a good fielder? No, probably. Uh, yeah, one of the worst left-handed or left fielding or left fielders in baseball in terms of fielding. But uh, I see this as a good way to kind of hold things down until Rojas is ready to go, and then you have some options at DH when maybe there's a tough lefty you're facing. You want to give Schwarber the day off. You could DH him, and uh, Marsh would obviously move to center. And I think he'd be a really good option off the bench for you to have in late game situations as well when you have the lead. Uh, you could also put Pache in there to come in and be the defensive replacement for him. And, uh, yeah, I also like the Whit Merrifield idea. I just brought him up earlier in the pod. 
I think his positional versatility, like Bellinger, would be an asset for this team. And uh, he kind of brings the element of, I don't want to say small ball because I hate that term, but just being able to manufacture runs, uh, he's pretty good at because you speed on the base pass, puts the ball in play. Uh, he's not you know, the power hitter that Solaire is, but at the same time, he is a little bit different uh, of a skill set. If you value defense a little more, going with a guy, going with a guy like him would maybe be a bit of a better fit here. I feel a little similar that I do uh, with Wit than uh, I do about Adam Duvall. I'd like him if they brought him here for the same reason, uh, but I like the power that Solaire brings, and uh, I like you know maybe the the speed element and just what Wick can do offensively a little more than Duvall. Uh, but, you know, there's some give and take there offensively and defensively. And uh, Duvall has kind of proven it at all the stops he's been to. It's just a matter of staying healthy. And uh, But, frankly, I'll take any move at this point. You know me. If you listen to this podcast, I have been yearning for a move for some time now since you know, the, the NOLA signing because I think that's been, what, maybe about 10 weeks now? So you know, it's been brutal. I haven't been able to talk about a single move besides like Colby freaking Allard. So that's where I'm at right now. We just, we need the season to start. We need something to talk about on this podcast that is of substance that has yeah, happened within the past 24 hours or something. Something that I can talk about that you know everyone wants to listen to because I can break down these free agents a million different ways. I'm always happy to do so. I'm always happy to talk baseball, but you really just want something to get excited about. And with spring training getting going, we at least have that in less than two weeks. So that is something to look forward to. But uh, anyway, I want to get into some bullpen arms here as well. And uh, now that Hater is off the market, which, by the way, I'm definitely you know, happy the Phillies didn't dish that money out for Hater. He signs with the Astros for five years, uh, $95 million, which feels like it would have been you know, kind of a disaster, especially towards the end of that deal. And uh, it just it felt very Papelbonny. Is that if that's a word <laughs> to me, right from the jump, especially because that contract ends in his year, uh, his age 35 season, and it just when it comes to relievers signing them to those long term deals past the age of 30, I feel it just never works out. And I just I think they could the bullpen as constructed can succeed right now. I think it's probably one of the top three bullpens in baseball. Uh, would I like them to add another arm? Absolutely, but. I don't think if they if they leave it as is, I am okay with how they're going into the season with this bullpen. Uh, so yeah, Hater's gone. My guy Robert Stevenson is gone. Wanted uh, Phils and Dave Dombrowski to possibly bring him in, but he is officially an angel. Uh, an interesting name that I think is worth a look at and had pretty good numbers last year is Jacob Junis. Had 10 strikeouts per nine. Doesn't walk a ton of guys either. His fastball is nothing that's going to wow anybody, but he had some pretty good success with the breaking stuff. And uh, I think it would be a pretty solid right-handed arm out of the pen, uh, especially in maybe non-high-leverage situations because you have the Jeff Hoffman, you have uh, your Sir Anthony Dominguez, and you have uh, Kirkring as well uh, out of the bullpen that I think would work in late-game situations heading into the season. But I think signing another right-handed reliever would be wise, especially if they don't do anything with the starting staff because you have to rely on Sir Anthony who – you know, it was a little shaky last year, uh, and a young guy in Kirkring, and a guy who you know kind of proved it for the first time last year in Hoffman. So I think solidifying uh, the bullpen with another right-handed arm would be great. Again, would just love any move they made at this point, but uh, I still think they probably 
at least look into upgrading the bullpen in some way. I think they probably make one more pitching move, whether it is the bullpen or the starting staff, and probably make one more move for a bat as well. So we will see if anything develops before spring training gets going. And I just, if this is how it ends the offseason and they don't end up bringing anyone in, like I still feel they can compete and they can get into the playoffs and potentially make some noise there. But it would be a little bit of a disappointment, especially considering you're so close to getting over the hump the last couple of years and you don't do anything really of significance to improve other than bringing back Aaron Nola. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, before I wrap this up, I wanted to talk a little bit about the trade that went down last night with Corbin Burns. Now finally off the trade market. We had talked about him for a while, potentially being a fill, but he is off the trade market and is heading to the Orioles uh, the full trade as of now was Corbin Burns for uh, D.L. Hall, Joey Ortiz, and a comp pick in there as well, uh, which is going to be the 34th overall pick in the draft next year. So for people wondering, you know, I thought this is baseball. You can't trade draft picks. You can trade compensatory picks. So that is what they did. And uh, I think the Orioles make out great in this. They only give up one of their top 100 guys. And Hall is somebody who the Brewers maybe see a lot of upside in and is just kind of blocked by some of the other young pitchers in the organization. And I think he probably works out as a bullpen piece for them in the end. He is some really electric stuff, and we know how the Brewers can develop some really good bullpen arms uh, over there in Milwaukee. So I see him as kind of being a reliever for them. And the Orioles have so many shortstops within their system, uh, Jordan Westberg being one of them. And, uh, yeah, so they don't really have a need for – Joey Ortiz there, and I think that was probably the right decision. Just, you know, you have such a stockpile of talent, and especially middle infielders in your system. Losing a guy like Ortiz, even though he is a top 100 prospect, probably won't really affect you long term. And I got to say, they really have a nice rotation now uh, with Grayson Rodriguez, uh, Tyler Wells. Uh, who am I missing here? And then, and, and, uh, oh yeah, John Means in there. Brad, Kyle Bradish, who had a really good year last year, and uh, you also have Dean Kramer had a nice year in there as well. So they got a nice staff, and now you have a certified number one guy who has done it before, who has proven that he can you know, be a Cy Young winner and be one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball in Corbin Burns. That would be your game one starter, I would think. So uh, now the question is: Is this something the Phillies could have done? Because it was honestly less of a haul than I thought, even though it is just a rental for the Orioles at the end of the day. Burns' contract is up at the end of this year. Like, would I have loved for them to get Burns? Sure. But I don't think the Phils could have given the Brewers the type of package without giving up, you know, a Justin Crawford, Aiden Miller, one of their top position players, along with, you know, probably Mick Abel in there as well. Uh, I would have been... Probably only way I would have been comfortable with that type of deal is if I knew he would have signed an extension once he got here. And But I, I would have been very hesitant to give up on Justin Crawford, and especially Aiden Miller. Definitely wouldn't have given up Aiden Miller so soon. But I love it for the Orioles, though. Uh, and meanwhile, the Brewers are slowly becoming, like I feel like, one of the loser organizations in the sport, even though they do make the playoffs most years. But it's cheap ownership. Uh, the stadium needs to be fixed. They couldn't retain Craig Council because they didn't want to pay him like the Cubs did. And uh, poor Reese Hoskins. He gets there. Uh, they start selling off pieces. And you, know, you have to think that Willie Adamas could be on the trade block as well, the shortstop over there in Milwaukee. And uh, I wonder what Reese's most fond memories of his time with Corbin Warrensworth. You know, you know, 
great teammates there in Milwaukee, but I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, good for the Orioles, bad for the Brewers, uh, but I also am glad he's not a Brave because it felt like the Braves have kind of been in the rumor mill with the starting pitchers uh, this past offseason as well. It seems like the Dylan Cease, and I said this with Burns at one point too, it feels like the Dylan Cease market is kind of closed. It just seems uh, the White Sox are asking a little too much for him, and uh, it feels like he probably doesn't end up getting traded before the season starts. I could be wrong, but that's just the vibe I'm getting from the White Sox right now. But it always felt like the Braves were one of the top candidates to get either of these two guys. So glad he is not a Brave. But again, love the Baltimore rotation. I expect them to be very competitive within the AL East and potentially win it again with probably the Yankees and the Blue Jays right there in the mix with them. And even though the Rays, despite losing Franco and Glass now, they always find some weird way to end up being in the running for the division as well. In terms of the NL Central and the Brewers, you know, I didn't expect the Brewers to win that division uh, before this move. I think the Cincinnati Reds are kind of going to be the Baltimore Orioles of last year. They finished off the season really well. They have a lot of young pieces there, a young, good rotation, uh, some really nice young bats in the lineup. I expect Cincinnati to win the NL Central this year, and but I think the Brewers will still be pretty competitive. I think that they still have a really good bullpen. They have some nice pieces in their lineup, assuming they don't sell. And uh, I still think that they will be relatively competitive within the NL wildcard and the NL Central race because hey, that is the uh, inferior division in the National League there. So that is what I'm thinking with the Brewers. That's what I'm thinking with the Orioles. And hey, I'm just, I am getting so excited for the season. I am, I set my uh, fantasy baseball uh, draft order this week. So getting all excited about that. Uh, maybe I'll do next week in the pod and. I just thought about this just now. Maybe if you're into fantasy baseball, you know what Phillies would be good to take in your draft, where is the value for them, uh, how they might fare this year. So maybe I'll do something with that. I just thought of it. So uh, potentially we'll get into that, but just really excited. And it just this felt like such a long offseason considering the NOLA signing came so early and it's been relatively quiet since then. So just getting back to being able to watch baseball on a consistent basis is something I'm so excited for, especially given you know, in Philadelphia, we've had we had a rough couple months, man, between the Eagles just absolutely collapsing over the last you know, month or two, or two months of the season to now the Joel Embiid injury news with the Sixers and the uncertainty there. Uh, the Flyers as well kind of struggling after coming out of the gate really hot. And so let's get back to some Phil's baseball. Like, give me just a random spring training game to watch on a weekday in February or March, and just let me sit there and enjoy it. I am I am so excited to watch this team again. Uh, just, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, st- I'm stoked. Come on. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of Phillies today. We are so close to the Phillies getting down to Clearwater. Again, just 12 days. I can't wait. Get me there. Once again, Dave Dombrowski, maybe, just maybe, Make a move in the process. Just maybe make a move. Just a little one. Just give us something that we can talk about next week on Phillies Today. (laughs) For Phillies 24-7, this has been Justin Morgenstein, and we will talk next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.